On this episode of the Ringer Fantasy Football Show, we talk about Chase Claypool, future Hall of Famer, Travis Fulgham, high school math teacher or person you should add in fantasy this week. We talk about the fallout from Dak Prescott's ankle injury. And then we also talk about how we came in first place in the FanDuel Million Dollar Contest. So stick around. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. I am Danny Heifetz here with Danny Kelly and Craig Horlbeck, and we are coming to you on Sunday night because we are in first place on the FanDuel contest. It happened. First place. <laughs> we won a million dollars. We realized we're going to come and do this pod now, get it out of the way, and then we're moving to Hawaii. I can't believe this happened. I, I You realize how bad of a joke this was, Heifetz? Why? Even we're the first faintest place. glimmer of hope that we were doing well. It just was, it was brutal. Explain Explain to me what happened. Well, I mean, it's really simple. If you check the FanDuel app, we are in first place out of 667,000 entries. So the only problem was is so is everybody else. But I, I, I prefer to look at it as the glass is half full. The glass is one 667,000 full. So what but happened? FanDuel just glitched out for a so little bit? So I think bit? the servers, they're, I mean, you could say on one hand that the servers had an issue where nobody, no live scoring was tracked and therefore your default was you were just in first place. I prefer to think of it as we made a million dollars and you cannot prove otherwise. We are, <laughs> we are, we are first. We won. We will get into it on um, Friday, but I just want to know, like, was our lineup doing all right at the time? Well, I forgot to swap out the Patriots defense, even though they didn't play this week. So probably not, but you can't prove that we didn't win. And I will be treating the rest of this podcast. Like we have, million dollars in coming. Do you think they take out the tax first or do we have to like do that our own? Do we have to like, do, do I have to do that on my taxes for this year? I feel like you year? have to like, yeah, you have to do that. Yourself. I have to do that myself. Okay. I'll, I'll start how, like many, how many times have you messed up our lineup? Percentage wise, like 80, 80% of the time do you mess up our lineup? You're like a bad commissioner. <laughs> <laughs> what if we actually well, did like have the winning lineup and Hypus just fucked it up? That's what I want to know. Can you imagine? What would then? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> there would be some serious consequences. I'd probably owe you a lot of money. Is probably oh my gosh. Anyway, so, hey, by the way, so Heifetz mentioned it. We're doing this Sunday night. This is a new thing for us. I am just coming down from the high of watching the Seahawks win on the last play, like every goddamn week of the my entire Seahawks fandom. It's just ridiculous how often this team turns into like it's like a edgier seat. I get an adrenaline headache after every single game. What, what the hell is their deal? 
I was just saying to you, DK, before we started that I, Russ is my first pick for if I need a, a one drive at the end of the game and I can pick any QB, I don't care, Mahomes, uh, Lamar, Rodgers, I'm picking Russ. That's tough for me because I don't want to, like, I'm trying to be unbiased. I think I would pick Mahomes. But since I just saw this stat from ESPN, since Wilson came into the league, he has the most game-winning drives of any quarterback. I think part of that, though, is the way the Seahawks play. Like, it's always it always comes down to the last drive. So that's why he's so comfortable with it because he's been thrown in the deep end so many times he figured out how to swim. Part of it, yeah. Without any floaties. <laughs> I was watching that Bama Ole Miss game on Saturday and you know Lane Kiffin had like the mask and his mask was just DK Metcalf was just the words on his on his mask. And I remember I was like, why is that his thing? And today I was like, oh yeah, because if you're a teenager, DK Metcalf is the coolest player in the NFL. If you're 38 years old, like me, DK Metcalf is the coolest player in the NFL. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he is, I legitimately, he's laugh, one too. of the coolest players in the NFL. Not even from a Seahawks point of view. Like, he's just cool. Yeah, he, 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 miss, he drops the game winner. Two plays later, Wilson goes back to him. Even tougher, way tougher catch. And he manages to catch it anyways. Man. Do you wear an Apple Watch, DK? Like, Can we track your heart rates during these games? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Every single time. I, I've tweeted this a couple of times now, but like I legitimately get adrenaline headaches after the game because I'm like on this crazy like just stress for like 30 minutes straight. What kind and of then, a game watcher are you? Are you like a yeller? Are you really quiet? Are you are you slamming things? No, I'm quiet. I didn't even realize this was a thing. My neighbor was telling me about how one time he won a like a an auction where you get to go up and do this dog fight. You, you go in real planes with it and they have like a real pilot with you and you go and do a dog fight. And like, you're doing like loop to loops. You're like legitimately doing all the dog fight stuff. And he got like this terrible, terrible headache after the, after he did it. And his friend was like, yeah, that's an adrenaline headache. And when he immediately, when he said that, I immediately was like, Oh, now I get it. Why I'm always like now I feel like shit after every Seahawks game. It's because of this freaking just. It's an adrenaline hangover. This guy described yeah. doing going upside down and flips and loops in an airplane. And you yeah. watched a football game on the couch. Yes, I think it's exactly the same. There's no difference. <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, that could throw you for a loop. This whole day threw us for a loop. It was oh, good one. Yeah, yeah, I was proud of that one. It's almost as proud as winning the million dollars. I'm really excited for that oh check. The the Lakers just won the NBA championship in like the least, the most anticlimactic game I'd ever seen in basketball. The Seahawks <laughs> just won. And then weird cloud over the day because we could just skip right to this. I mean, Dak Prescott. I mean, mm. the Cowboys win a meaningless yeah. or game that feels meaningless. They won the division. Who cares? Dak Prescott has this horrible compound an ankle fracture that was honestly was like the most moving moment I've seen in a football field. It was like goosebumps. It was crazy of just him going, Jason Garrett and McCarthy at the field together and him. I mean, he was sobbing. He was openly yeah. weeping on yeah. the field. It, it was really powerful. Uh, so, for, I mean, we can put, we can talk about fantasy in a second, but just watching that, what did you guys think about just that moment and also just the Cowboys season with Dak and everything? Like, what was your, what was going through your head? It made me mad that the, the Cowboys were not able to come to a long-term deal with Dak. He's playing on the one-year franchise tag. This is exactly what you fear in that situation. You know, he's a top-tier quarterback in my mind. He's like one of the top five quarterbacks in the league. He deserves a top-of-market contract because of what he's done over and like throughout his whole career, you know. Um, 
And so to me, the first thing that I thought was like, this just sucks. And I, I really hope it doesn't mean that, you know, he's going to have a really long protracted recovery. You know, obviously the first thing that came to my mind was the fact like that Alex Smith just came back after two yes. years. That's the first thing you think of. I hope I, I don't, you know, I'm not saying that's going to be the situation, but that's the first thing that you fear when, when you have a compound fracture. And so, man, I just was gutted. It, it, I felt sick for him. And just makes me mad that they didn't give him a long-term contract. How could they not come to a, a long-term contract? You see guys like Patrick Mahomes. I'm not saying he's Patrick Mahomes, but you see guys that sign in these lucrative, really long deals like Jared Goff too. It's just like, man, why can't they figure this out? So that pissed me off a little bit. I was just like, man, he deserves to have that security and that long-term contract and they didn't give it to him. It's also a bit of a touching moment just to see everybody kind of come together and, and, and focus on this one thing on Dak Prescott, who clearly seems like a good guy and yeah. just everybody on social media. I mean, it was, the, it was the only time in a football game this year with, with limited fans where I could really hear them and just seeing him getting carted off and putting his, his fist up and everybody clapping for him. It was a touching moment and I, I, I hope for the best for him. Yeah, I, I felt the same way where it's, it was it was weird because he puts the fist up and then everyone's clapping. And I remember thinking, I don't know if, how much of the sound is real or fake. I know. Yeah. I but I also didn't really too. care because that was the realest moment I could remember Like in terms of just the ovation. I felt like in a way like it was it was crazy for a player like him to go out in such a vulnerable fashion of him sobbing because he's had a vulnerable year, right? Like, yeah. I mean, we don't have to get too real, but like when his brother died by suicide in April, he talked about how he had a bout of depression Skip Bayless made fun of him for that. And then to me, it seemed like a real actual moment where people rallied around him like, no, that's leadership. Like he's being emotionally vulnerable as the face of the most valuable sports franchise in the world. Like Dak gained a lot of credibility in his teammates eyes, but really just in sports in general. And I thought it was really awesome that the man cares. And I think that he he just really respected guys. So it sucked like that really sucked. But the crazy thing about football is like the, the show goes on and it's always weird when there's a big moment like that. And then the players don't really know how to get back into the, like the first couple plays after a big injury like that are always so weird. Cause it's, you have to shut off so much of your brain to play, to play sports at that level and not think about the injuries. And the, there's like a grace period where everyone has to get back into that. And I mean, we do too. It's kind of weird. Right. Yeah. But on that note, Andy Dalton takes over for the Cowboys and I mean, he, he goes, what, nine completions 11, uh, on 11 attempts for, what, 111 yards or something. And it's weird to talk about fantasy, but what do you, like, obviously the Cowboys offense has been top three, top five for fantasy for this season. Let's just start with Dalton. Would you guys want to pick up, obviously Dak's out for the season. Would you guys want to pick up Dalton and would you play him in like a 10 or 12 team league? Let's say you have Dak. I think how we got to look at this is if you go through the teams, like you almost play the name game with him, you know, like if you just grab Joe Burrow, would you rather have Joe Burrow or Andy Dalton, DK? Burrow. Even though Burrow had a, a dud of a game, I think I'd still rather have Burrow. I think the reason Dalton is interesting though, at least from like, say maybe you just stash him if you do have quarterback issue, like a, if you're not really loving what your quarterback situation is, the support system around him is good. Like in terms of at least the receivers, obviously mm-hmm. he has three good receivers. But I do worry like the, the offensive line has not been really good. They, they've got a lot of injuries on the offensive line and that's really, you know, hurt them. I don't know if Dalton can do what Dak was doing in that, you know, uh, it, with that disadvantage. So um, that was kind of always an issue that uh, hurt Dalton when he was with the Bengals. Like when he was a really good fantasy quarterback, Dalton, he had a great offensive line. So 
that's the one thing that would worry me. I don't think I'd be too excited about adding Dalton, but it could be worse because they're going to be passing a lot. It's they're, they're still going to be a bad defense that's playing from behind a lot, and they have really good receivers. So those two things to me make them interesting. DK, I'm curious. My gauge in Andy Dalton is he's exactly as good as the talent around him. He does not make your <laughs> team better fair. or worse. He just will operate the system that you have. The Cowboys have really good talent. The weird part is the line is now the weakest. It's, it's the exact inverse of what the Cowboys were just a couple of years ago. Yeah. The receiving talent is an embarrassment of riches. This offensive line has been reduced to nothing. Lel Collins, the right tackle is probably out for the year. Tyron Smith, the left tackle might be out for the year. The interior of the line is all awful. So do you agree that basically if, if you need quarterback help in this year, you kind of everyone needs quarterback help because the, I mean, just frankly, COVID, the amount of games being postponed, like you always yeah. need a backup quarterback. I feel like Dalton, at the very least, will be Matt have some matchups where he's a great ad. And I think that you're going to want a guy like that on your bench. At the very least, he's got a Mark Cooper, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, Dalton Schultz. You want him on your team. I think that's a very interesting point that you just made about the, the COVID situation. It's like, man, you know, in a week like this, you got one game canceled kind of late with the Patriots and Broncos. And then you have another game that's set for Tuesday that we don't actually know if it's going to happen. It seems like it's it going to happen. In, it, it seems, I'll be kind and say unlikely. Right. So I think, yeah, it's one of those things you have to think about. In a normal year, I probably wouldn't be like, yeah, go pick up Andy Dalton. But in this kind of year, it does help to have, you know, that like more depth at every position, even quarterback. So, um, yeah, I think that that's a very good point. And that's kind of like a bigger you know, picture thing that we were going to talk about too, is that, man, this schedule is just kind of crazy right now with, with all the things that are happening. It's nuts. I had some really rough lineups. This it's week. like, it's like a guy juggling <laughs> eight balls at once, but they're still all in the air right now. Like, yeah, it's still it's somehow weird. going. It's, I mean, I, I played someone this week as a two quarterback league. Someone had to play Brett Ripian because there was no other option. Like he just didn't have another, I broke too late at the game. And yeah. It, the people who are going to win fantasy this year are just the, the the managers who just like keep up with it. Like you just have to yeah. check every day, have a ton of forethought, add people just in case somebody doesn't play. So I mean, look, we, we're immersed in this. We do this all the time. But in your in, like in your guys's personal leagues, have you guys noticed that I think some people are slowly just kind of being like, you know what, like it's cool, football is here, but also the season's bizarre, and people mm-hmm. are kind of treating this. Almost like like there was so much talk about like asterisk in like oh is this NBA season an asterisk is it, are people kind of treating your fantasy leagues like it's an asterisk season because it's just so messed up like there's Tuesday night football now and people it just is is that because that's happening in a lot of leagues I'm with 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 my friends people are definitely disappointed in in my like big league but so there's this there's been this new discussion that I'd love to bring up to you guys if the season ends in a week or two they just cancel the whole season it's just too crazy. What happens to all the money that everybody put in? What do you do? <laughs> I, 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 Well, I hope that everyone had a plan for that. Maybe we make this the Wednesday show because there's so many possibilities of what to do. And we had a massive argument over group text about what could possibly be done with everyone's cash. <laughs> Why wouldn't you decide this before the season when everybody's paying the money? So I will say we've, we've had that same discussion in my home league. And I basically, I'm the commission in this league. And I said, if the league gets canceled or if the season gets canceled, which it's not going to get canceled. I mean, the NFL is going to ram this thing home for as long as they can. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like regardless of the amount of like positive tests they're getting, like it's ridiculous kind of already what they're doing. The NFL is just Augustus gloop and chocolate is more games. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. 
So my, I'm not actually, you know, I think there's a strong chance a lot of games are going to end up being rescheduled, but I don't think the season's going to be canceled. So I will say that. But I said, you know, we're here. We're through five weeks. Now, if the season ends, if the season ends, it's just whoever's number one in the standings. That's how we're doing it. Gets all the money? No, it's like we we do payouts for first, second, and third. I'm oh. First of all, I'm still laughing at Augustus Gloop. I haven't heard that name in years. I haven't heard that name in years. But yeah, no, it should be the standings. I, I, it, it's annoying. Maybe we should have hammered this more during August. So you guys can blame us if you're listening. But <laughs> we probably should have been clear about this. But the issue with deciding this stuff midseason is there are standings now. And so people have incentives. Like when you're right. doing it in August and everyone thinks they're going to win, they're like, oh, yeah, I want the money if I'm in first. But now you're in fifth and you're like, oh, no, there should be playoff bracket. And now everyone's <laughs> you can't separate where they are in the standings from what they want because humans are inherently selfish people. And we're really an abominable species. So yeah, we, just yeah, we had the points leader arguing that he should be in first if the season <laughs> tomorrow. That's interesting bold. argument. Here's the thing. <laughs> that, here's my thing with that. He's right and wrong because if your league has like been like you know what the points if you have like more progressive I hate to use the term progressive but more advanced rules where it's like. You, you, the points for is like your tiebreaker or points for is like the person the most points automatically gets a playoff body blah blah whatever your rules are yeah. maybe but if you just are like yeah you know wins whatever and if you have the most points and go you know two wins sucks to suck well then your league rules don't incentivize points so like your league rules suck so our league incentivizes points right we do top four record makes the playoffs and the next two it's just highest score I have a buddy Hunter he's 0-4 he's in dead last he's second in points so if this season ends, he gets just no money. Yes, I actually it's, it it's insane That's that you brutal. brought that up because I actually lost in a league this week to someone named Hunter who was like, I bet you won't mention it on the podcast. And I was in my head was like, you know what? I'm not going to mention it. And then you brought up someone else named Hunter. And I feel like that was just like a divine intervention right there. Shouts out to the Hunters. How you doing? Guys? Oh, my God. I guess we're the gatherers. That was bad. That was bad. That was let's, funny. Let's get to this week, huh? Okay, fine. All right, fine. <laughs> Jeez, that was just... All right, so so we won a million dollars at least, so that's really good. So okay. who won the week? Us, and then after yeah, we, that... The we'll gatherers the lost the week. Okay. The top scorers this week... Uh, this Ending is obviously Monday before night Tuesday night football, <laughs> right? right, right. Yeah, Tuesday night football. You know yeah. what else? You know, how, like Tuesday is so that's TNF, but Thursday night football is TNF, but Thursday on calendars is is like R because Thursday. So is Thursday night football now R and F, or we have to do a different abbreviation for Tuesday night football? <laughs> just you know. can just say it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, just, anyway, you know, I just, I'm guessing the only one who's thought of that. Okay. Number one quarterback this week was Patrick Mahomes. Number two is Ryan Fitzpatrick. Number three is Kyler Murray. That's a hilarious. Oh, God. God bless Fitzpatrick. Number one running back this week was Mike Davis for the Panthers. Number two is Todd Gurley for the Falcons. Number three is Miles Sanders for the Eagles. Tough for me. Number one wide receiver this week was <laughs> Chase Claypool. Do you think he's why FanDuel broke? I can't tell which Seriously. of these three wide receivers is the craziest one that, yeah. to be on this list. Chase Claypool was number one for the Steelers. Travis Fulgham for the Eagles. <laughs> and then Brandon Cooks for the Texans was number three. What a weird week. <sighs> what a weird Tight week. End was like, pretty life is weird, week. man. That's uh, true. Uh, tight end was Travis Kelsey, number one. Mark Andrews was number two. And Darren Waller was number three. That's chalk as hell, which I've never understood the term chalk because chalk is erasable, but I don't want to go there. And then defense was Ravens, Rams, and Dolphins. So... With all that said, those are the top scorers. DK, though, who won the week for you? So I'm, I'm going with Kevin Colbert, Steelers GM, because once again, he is proving that he is 
absolutely freaking elite at evaluating wide receiver talent. What the hell are the Steelers? How do the Steelers do this every freaking year? Deontay Johnson is looking really good, like in the start of his career, you know, going back to, you know, they found Antonio Brown in the sixth round, uh, Martavis Bryant, Emmanuel Sanders, Mike Wallace. Who else am I missing, Craig? You're the Steelers fan. Uh, you're going to have to repeat that because I'm looking up why people call things chalk and I've been reading that. <laughs> <laughs> and I found out why. Do you want to know why? Yes. When the ho- when a horse is the favorite or has the most money bet on that horse, it's termed chalk. In the pre-computer days, a horse became the chalk because the horse's name would disappear in chalk dust as the bookie constantly erased and lowered the horse's odds. Okay, that makes so much sense because I remember when I was like a little kid, I would watch like like Sports Center, the March Madness thing, and be like, "It's all chalk this year." And in my head, I was like, "But it's a whiteboard," and I never understood what they were doing on the segment. So thank there you, you for answering that. question. Anyway, DK, you named a bunch of Steelers wide receivers. His point is that Steelers receivers in the draft are chalk. They just have a never-ending supply of awesome uh, receivers. It seems like, and it looks like uh, Chase Claypool is the next guy. I mean, you know, he went out there. He he made. Like his first catch as a pro in week one was like this ridiculous twirling thing by the sideline where he got his toe, t- like a toe touchdown. And it was just like, wow, this guy's good. You know, mm-hmm. super, super athletic. And he had his breakout game, obviously, this week, four touchdowns, which is absurd. 11 targets, seven catches, 110 yards, three scores, three rushes, six yards, and another touchdown. Uh, 40 something points. It was like 42 points and half PBR or PPR or whatever. So, just an absurdly awesome game, and he looks really good. Like it, it didn't feel fluky. I think that's the difference between him and Fulgham. Is like Fulgham's one, you know, not not taking anything away from him. He's been really impressive, but like I could see Claypool doing this. Well, it's not like you four, can see like, it because you have been studying Chase Claypool for a long time. For the, I, I think Steelers fans obviously know Claypool is people in dynasty drafts. People have been studying, but like, can you just explain who Chase Claypool is because not everyone's been grinding tape like you are yeah so he he flew a little bit a little bit under the radar i guess he was a fourth uh four-year guy from notre dame and he was actually really impressive at uh the senior bowl i watched him play there live and came away thinking he looked really good and there was a lot of talk before the draft that he was going to actually trade uh switch over to tight end because he weighed in at the combine at like 245 pounds or something like that thick boy Um, so I think he's, and, and someone mentioned this on Twitter today, I forget who it was, but I think it's absolutely true. It looks to me like he's lost 20 pounds since the combine. Like he looks pretty slender now, like relative to what he was before. Everyone else in quarantine has gained 20 pounds. But I think that's good for him because, he, I mean, he was already explosive. He did, at like 240 plus pounds, he ran a 4-4, jumped 40 inches. So he was already just like really, really athletic, really fast. Why wasn't he picked earlier? It just was a, he was sort of a, like a one-year wonder in college. He, he didn't do a ton, like, um, showed up, you know, he had a good season last year. Um, but I think there's always a little bit of concern when it kind of like a late bloomer. He's a Canadian. He comes actually, he's, he's from <laughs> you think like 30 miles away from where I live in Abbotsford, BC, um, just over the border. And so, um, you know, I heard about him a little bit because of that. This guy averaged 45 points a game in basketball in high school. There must be a, a subconscious bias against Canadian football players. There has to be. I think it was. I think it didn't help him when he was trying to get recruited. It certainly didn't help him. So jumping to now, I, I have I have a serious question here about the four touchdowns. I have no idea what to make of this because on one hand, 
I have a nitpick with all four about whether this is repeatable. And on the other hand, I understand that I'm, I sound very stupid to say four touchdowns is it's like what is as Craig pointed out at some point like you're punishing him for being good but I'm saying is this repeatable because one of the touchdowns was an end around that was just the Eagles were caught asleep the other was just a great play call where it was like the Steelers were in quads in formation and they had a numbers advantage and I'm not gonna say anyone could have done that but I think any of the four receivers if they got the ball could have scored and one of them was a blown coverage like yeah he put the Eagles linebacker like on skates but the Eagles have if not the worst linebacking core in football, one of the four worst. So at some point it's a pattern and I understand that. But like, if you're going to pick up Chase Claypool, are you actually going to like put him in your lineup? Honestly, I think you have to. I mean, it all depends if if, if Deontay Johnson is hurt, you do. If you look at the snaps this week, Juju, James Washington, and Chase Claypool all played within four snaps and Washington didn't do anything and Juju didn't really either. I mean, I, I feel like it's now becoming like the Cowboys where... You don't know which one's going to go off today, except for the Cowboys. It's literally always CeeDee Lamb. But I think the Steelers are kind of in that realm now where it used to be this kind of larger gap of separation between Juju and Deontay and then Chase and maybe James Washington. I kind of think that's out the window now. I, I don't think it's a fluke. I'll put it that way. I, I do think you're going to probably have some variance with this guy because right now he's the receiver three. Like, I guess if you, if you count Juju and Deontay ahead of him. doesn't sound like Deont- Deontay had like a a back injury of some sort. He just got hit in the back. It sounds like after the game, they said he wasn't going to be serious, um, but we'll have to see about that. But, you know, so for now, I guess he's but that's sort the of third the injury of Deontay Johnson's season. Yeah. Yeah. He gets banged up a lot. I mean, he's a small, he's a thin guy. Yeah. So um, I would, I would basically, I would lean towards him potentially like really building on this breakout. I don't, you're not going to expect him to do this every week, clearly, but I think the talent showed the speed the body control and like that play against the linebacker, I think is really indicative of what they can do with him to get him schemed up into mismatches. I mean, he like freaking toasted that guy in the middle of the field and all those things I think are, are parts of their offense that they can recreate that stack thing. He's a big guy, you know, he's physical. Yeah. And I think that's a big part too, is he's their only receiver. Who's really giant. And, and I have it. You talked about all of his touchdowns, but I mean, some of his non touchdown plays were more impressive yeah, that's than the, the ones he caught in the end zone. That's where I, I, I think that's a really good point. If you watch the whole game, I, I completely agree. The touchdowns were not as impressive as the other ones. I think that you're dead right on that. And I wrote this before this week. Like I, I wrote the, I wrote about the rookie receivers so far this year. I wrote like Claypool is good for one at like amazing play game. And turns out if he gets more snaps, he's, he's good for more than that. Evan Silva compared him to Vincent Jackson. Said he was like a yeah. spitting image of Vincent Jackson. That is a really intriguing comp, and I, I like that a lot. <laughs> he had some good years in Vincent San Diego. Jackson's the he classic awesome four touchdown. What are you talking about? Yeah, but if it's a Jackson, it's like big Deshaun Jackson, where it's just like like the forty point weeks, and then zero, and then zero, and then thirty. And I then think zero if you if the Steelers drafted Chase Claypool and they said you get a guarantee he's Vincent Jackson, or you take the risk, I think they'd just take it. Yeah, of course. All right, I'm talking about. I can't believe you're Jackson's looking at that right negative. <laughs> but anyway, okay. That's your winner of the week. All right, so Kevin Colbert, not Chase Claypool. Fine. Well, uh, both of them, but yeah. Yeah, okay. Craig, who won the week for you? Uh, it's anyone who plays against the Jaguars, and in this case, it's the Texans. I didn't <laughs> want to just give it to the Texans because I was like, they play the Jaguars. And looking back, the Jaguars have given up 30 points to every team they've played this year, and they haven't played like the most amazing teams. But this is a great bounce-back Bill O'Brien game for the Texans. They obviously got their first win 
Deshaun had the highest scoring game of the year for him. Brandon Cooks had the highest scoring game of the year for him. David Johnson had the most rushing yards of the year. Will Fuller, third straight game with a touchdown. And the Texans scored the most points they've scored this year. So all in all, I just think it's a great step forward for, for the Texans. I think, you know, Brandon Cooks is like one of those guys that's just going to give people a heart attack all year. But I don't know what you do. You got to add him back. You got to put him on your roster. And they, they play the Titans. They play the Packers, the Jags again, and then the Browns in the next four weeks. I think the Texans are are back, at least from a fantasy standpoint. There's a wild irony that Bill O'Brien traded for Brandon Cooks, and then the second Bill O'Brien's fired, Brandon Cooks looks the best he's looked in like two or three years. <laughs> I thought that was pretty incredible. Uh, I also wrote down a stat I saw during the game, which is that, I mean, first of all, Houston got a first down on their first drive of the season, first time all year. Like, Yikes. Craig, you were joking. I mean, how Bill O'Brien's putting so much effort into scripting his plays and then can't adjust. But even his scripted plays were awful. I mean, the Texans had a, I think it was like a 46-yard pass to Cooks to start off this game. Yeah. And that was the first time they moved the chains. I, I couldn't I couldn't believe that. I mean, I thought that was absolutely stunning. So higher on the Texans the rest of the season or just against the Jaguars to play everybody? Rest of the season. I think this is good for everybody. This is just a, a vote of confidence for the entire team. Okay. Mazel tov. My winner for this week is all the backups. Because <laughs> you mentioned Chase Claypool, DK. The other person that we had to mention, Travis Fulgham who we all 100% knew who he was two weeks ago, right? Everyone knew Travis Fulgham. Oh, Fulgham, yeah. Fulgham, yeah. I mean, I, I knew who Fulgham. he was. I'm not, not going to try and brag about it too much. I had him on a couple of Dynasty Leagues last year, and I'm kind of bummed I dropped him. Wait, are you absurdly good at guessing people? What is Travis Fulgham's height and weight? You're really good at this. Uh, 6'2", 215. Looking it up now, 62216. Oh my God. Oh. How do you do that? <laughs> that counts because no one guesses like weird numbers outside of five and 10. Anyway. That's wild. DK, where do you go DK to school? Nuts DK? At that. I looked this up today. He went to Old Dominion. Mm. Oh, Old Dominion. I had, yeah. But the way height, weight thing, you're, you, you're crazy good at that. Okay. Anyway, the point DK, is. DK, what's my height and weight? Go. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, I'll let the whole six, world know. Six foot two, 172. You're, no, you're low on the weight. I'm 6'2". Yeah, I'm 6'2", 183. I, I made you a little bit skinnier. I get well, it. Well, you put on no, weight I, in quarantine, so you're fine. Yeah. I'm off by 10 pounds. It's not too bad. I'm trying to get to 190, so we'll see how bulk season goes this winter. Yeah, it's a winter bulk season this year. Okay. Anyway, the point is you're taking away credit from Travis Fulgham here. The The point is that... I think we're giving enough to Travis. <laughs> Travis. Well, I just, he had 10 catches for 152 yards and a touchdown. And I had to point out that the Eagles second rounder, who they took over DK Metcalf going into this year, going into this game, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, Ortega-Whiteside, yeah. had 10 catches for 169 yards. So basically 17 more yards than Fulgham had in this game. That was Arcega-Whiteside's career entering tonight. So I thought that was amazing. Brutal. But yeah. Fulgham is more than 200 yards in his first two games, which is actually top 10 all time for any receiver in the first two games. Travis Fulgham, who's basically on this team because the Eagles top four, five passing catchers got hurt. Thought that was amazing. Mike Davis for the Panthers. So that's one backup. The other one's Mike Davis for Carolina. Basically, since you added him to your team, when waivers happened, Christian McCaffrey got hurt. Mike Davis comes to the lineup. Third running back in, the, in fantasy football. Number three. It's like Kamara, Aaron Jones, Mike Davis, since you added him. I can't believe it. he's the number one running back this week. I think Mike Davis is on pace for like 145 targets. He's in nine catches again. Shout out to Tate Frazier, who this week said that Christian McCaffrey was like the Kemba Walker of the Panthers. 
and watching Mike Davis play in <laughs> in Christian in Christian McCaffrey's absence has made me feel that that is very apt. And the other backup I wanted to shout out is freaking J.R. Smith, who won an NBA title, was not part of the Lakers, gets added to the bubble, does not play in the finals, and then is the first one to touch the trophy and is chugging champagne and like on Instagram live and like we did it. And it's like he didn't even play. And he's just I I wish I could like wow. Yeah, he's the guy like who did the group project in high school who didn't do show up to any of the meetings, but he still got an A and he's like, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think the backups won the week. All right, let's get into Ringer Burn Book and like waiver wire and how to actually prioritize waiver ads this week. But first, we've got to tell you about our new favorite bet concept this season. We have been loving same game parlays on FanDuel Sportsbook. It is extremely fun because again, parlays, same game, unbelievable. They're really simple. All you have to do is you combine multiple bets from one game into a single parlay. And so the payouts are even bigger when you win. And what's really cool is that FanDuel will refund the first same game parlay you lose on any NFL game each week up to $10, which means you can bet a different parlay risk-free every NFL week all season long. That is insane. So Monday Night Football, not the one that got canceled, the one that's still being played, Chargers Saints. If you like Herbert rushing yards, Herbert passing yards, whatever you want to do over, you can do all that kind of stuff. You can parlay all those different things, put it in the same one. So if you have a specific game script you like, I mean, Dika, how do you think the game's going to go with Chargers or Saints? Like, because you can parlay different parts of it. I think it's going to be the the Justin Herbert show. The Justin Herbert show. All right. So maybe you take the over on, on Herbie touchdowns, Herbie yards, and maybe Chargers points. The over on how many photos they show of him when he was a kid and what Drew Brees was doing. Yes. With, with her, Justin Herbert was five years old when Drew Brees entered the NFL. Actually, he was not <laughs> even five. When I was like three. Anyway, the point is that you can, whatever your parlays you want to do, you can just make them all same game and you can go ahead and bet them. And with your first NFL same game parlay of the week, you'll get 10 bucks back if you don't win. There is one catch, which is that FanDuel is the only sportsbook app that has these same game parlays. And if you don't already have a FanDuel account, just use the promo code Ringer Fantasy when you sign up so they know that we sent you. Again, that is FanDuel Sportsbook promo code Ringer Fantasy. Must be 21 plus and present in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, West Virginia, Indiana, Colorado, or Iowa. The refund is issued as a non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. The max refund is $10. Terms apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. Or in Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Or in Colorado, call 1-800-522-4700. Or in Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. All right, let's get to the Ringer Burn book. It's Mean Girls time. We are the plastics or the gatherers, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so far, people we've burned. Adam Gase, which we've all burned Adam Gase. This is the Adam Gase burn book in a way. It's a no-brainer. Craig burned Daniel Jones. I burned Jack Doyle. Craig has also burned AJ Green. DK hasn't burned anyone. Wow. Well, DK's too nice. DK's too kind. You're you're like the Lindsay Lohan. Like you don't really. You're like a good person, and we're kind of corrupting you. I'm gonna do it. I'm still. I'm just waiting for the right the right time to burn someone completely. So was Lindsay Lohan. Okay, Craig, who are you burning this week? I have to do it. I, I have to burn Scotty Miller. This is like a oh co one for me. I, I feel exactly the same. You co sign on this? Yeah. All right. I just want to give the little brief rundown of the tale of Scotty Miller and how he has infected the <laughs> psyche of fantasy managers this year. Okay. So week one, right? No one started him because he's Scotty Miller. He had <laughs> 10 points, 73 yards. All right. I guess I'll start him. Tom Brady, maybe he's the new Wes Welker. Week two, he's got two points. All right. I was wrong. That was a stupid week one. I'm not going to start him. Week three, 
83 yards and nine points. Okay, that's kind of annoying. Week four, I would say maybe half the people started him because you're still on the fence of what's going to happen. And Chris Godwin's in and out and in and out. And you're like, oh, well, who are they going to throw to? So you maybe start him half the time week four. He drops 16 points, puts up a touchdown. You're like, all right, it's real. Two straight weeks. I'm finally going to start him week five. Week five, zero targets, zero points. People named Tyler Johnson and Jaden Mickens had more points than him. <laughs> I don't care what he does the rest of the season. I don't want to guess when he's going to do it. He's in the book. <laughs> he's in the book. Jalen Jalen Mickens is the Chase Claypool's Travis Fulgham of Thursday Night Football. Sure. I didn't even follow any of that. But Jay Don, Jay Don Mickens, first of all, but yes. Oh, it's not Jaden? Well, I don't I'm not hundred percent sure how it's pronounced, but he said Jalen. Oh, okay, well, that's wrong. We know that. There's a <laughs> that's, D there. That's incorrect. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm disappointed that neither of you, it's week five after, for Christ's sake. No one's in the burn book for you guys after this week. No one burned you. You know who was going to be there for me? It was It was going to be Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup was once again having a he, terrible yeah. game with, with Dak. And I'm like, I was, I'm like, I don't want to start him anymore. He, he's, and then he had a couple great garbage time but, catches. Well, he, I, no, he didn't garbage. He won the game for them. True. Okay, I shouldn't say garbage time, but it was it was a, it was plays that they wouldn't have called if it was a normal game script, and it could, it's like Gallup only scores when they're desperate. Michael Gallup this season has been a, a much better real life football player than fantasy because if you're watching the Cowboys play, I mean, he almost won the Rams game for them in Week One with the OPI that was called. If not, it's like Michael Gallup won the freaking game for them this week. He had two huge catches back to back, kind of oh, like amazing. Light, light DK Metcalf in that just mm-hmm. they kept going to him on that final drive and it kept working. When Romo said on the broadcast, he was like, all they have Michael Gallup do is just run go routes. He just runs deep every single time. Yeah, he's an ISO X on the outside. Yeah. Yeah. If I have to burn something, I'm trying to think who I have to burn if you're going to make me burn I feel someone. like, how come I don't get credit for Adam Gase? I've been like the hardest on Gase, I feel like. Well, I think, I mean, I feel like I've have been a hardest hand on, on that? Adam Gase. But yeah, sure. I mean, sure. If you want to like have your name on Gase, that's fine. But I feel like we're all there. Yeah, but that's like dunking on the six foot rim. At some certain point, it's like, that's okay, like, we need that's to make a different true. shot here. Uh, the can I burn Christian McCaffrey? I feel like that's not the spirit, but I'm just. I'm, uh, can I retroactively burn his last three seasons because Mike Davis could have done better, <laughs> and like he should be on all those ads for like the press conference oh where it's God. like, do your clothes too tight? And like Mike Davis, I'm should telling be in you, this. all running backs are decent. It doesn't anyway, matter. I'm not actually going to burn Christian McCaffrey. I'm just saying, Mike. I'm just saying that the uh, I'm impressed with Mike Davis. Good Alexander Madison tonight. He basically was Dalvin Cook. That's all I mean, well, and yeah, Mike let's just. Let's just get into the waiver. <laughs> yeah, my, you and Mike Boone need to chill. All right, let's just get into waiver wire right now. Couple injuries that happened this week. So Dak Prescott, obviously, we mentioned he's out for the season. Baker. Well, I mean, we're assuming, but he's out for the season. Baker Mayfield. He got his ribs X-rayed. He says he the, the X-rays are negative. He says he's fine. He'll probably play next week, but he didn't look super healthy. Yeah, he looked. He looked like his arm was hurt. He was kind of wiggling his. There's shoulder. a lot going on there. I, I, keep, keep monitoring it. again. This is Sunday night. Like like monitor Baker throughout the week. Jimmy Garoppolo benched at halftime. Obviously, he had missed time with the ankle sprain. He came back. Kyle Shannon basically he'll said start he's not 100%. Week. Yeah, he'll yeah. start, but keep an eye on Jimmy. Deontay Johnson had a back injury. We talked about this. He had, I mean, he, he had, I think, a hamstring issue in August, concussion in September. Now he's got a back injury in, in October. It's not great. And then the biggest one is Dalvin Cook had a groin injury on Sunday Night Football against the Seahawks. And he had 22 touches for 89 yards. Alex Madison the Boise State running back, right, DK? He had 23 touches for 136 yards. So, Mazzalons just looked better, but Dalvin Cook has played really well this season. So, with all that, quarterback, obviously, Andy Dalton, Adam, if you need quarterback. Running back, DK, who do you want at running back this week? So, he's he's rostered in 44% of leagues, so this he might not be around in your league, but Chase Edmonds, if he is still out there for the Cardinals, 
I think he's definitely worth going to get out going to get this week. He had three rushes, 36 yards for, and a touchdown, and then added another five catches, 56 yards. He has looked, and we've talked about this a little bit, Danny. He's looked just more sprightly, I think, than uh, Kenyon Drake. Although Kenyon, Kenyon Drake did fine. Is that like yeah, spry, but sprightly? I only heard Aldous Snow say it one time. In, Who? In your, your favorite movie, uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Aldous Snow. Russell Brand. You know that movie, Danny? I do. I don't remember that line. Sprightly? Yeah, it means yeah. like energetic. Okay. I sorry. You are I'm sorry looking sprightly. That. That's what he says to uh, the the really depressed guy. Anyway, I forget what's his what's his name in that movie. Peter. Peter. Yeah. You don't do anything, Peter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's Paul Rudd's name in that movie? Kunu. 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 Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Sorry. Remember when he, he tries to give Jason Siegel a name and he goes Piopi. Piopi. I don't even remember who we talked. Oh, Chase Edmonds is sprightly. Yeah. So, anyways, I think he's definitely worth it, worth a pickup. He's getting like way more of the passing game usage, which obviously in PPR is is valuable. So, again, I think he's still worth going out and getting. And then Danny, like you mentioned, Alexander Madison, thirty nine percent Yahoo leagues. He's definitely worth adding to kind of see how this goes with with Dalvin Cook. He did return to the game, didn't he, Dalvin? He did. So that's the thing is he had a groin injury, and basically. I don't think he, Dalvin Cook's going to be out for next week. So even if Dalvin plays, though, he probably isn't going to get a full workload. So would you play Madison? If Dalvin's like questionable but going to play, if, and you need a flex option because everything's hard now because of COVID and, and all these games getting postponed, and you're in one of those the half the teams in, the, in your league who, oh, I kind of like need a flex, would you be comfortable playing Alex Madison even if Dalvin Cook is going to play because Chase Edmonds you can play even if Kenyon Drake's playing. Chase Edmonds might be the starter. Right. Alex Madison, right. depending on Dalvin Cook. Let's say he only is limited all week in practice. I think I'd so would be willing to start Madison in a flex spot. But if he's if if Dalvin Cook has a full practice, probably not. Because Alex Madison was sprightly, sprightly. Who's sprightly? Well, both of them. I mean, they look good. He he is Alexander Madison is a guy who probably could be a starter on another team, but he's stuck behind Cook. Yeah, Madison's really good. Okay, so who would you who would you rather have? In this scenario, assuming Cook is not, I think we can assume Cook is not going to like miss significant time. I'd rather have Edmonds because he, to me, has, like you said, standalone value as a guy who's basically their pass catching back. But I, I, I don't know. Madison is d- d- very dependent on if Cook can play. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app. 
just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Let's get to receivers for a second. We mentioned Chase Claypool for Pittsburgh. We mentioned Philadelphia's Travis Fulgham, who just unbelievable. I mean, this guy was waived twice in August and now is putting up 200 yards in two games. Which of those receivers do you like more? And there are there other receivers you would add this week? So uh, Craig and I talked about this a little bit. We got like a rank here. The number one receiver ad is obviously <laughs> Chase Claypool. Uh, four touchdowns will do it. I would say my I second suppose. biggest ad this week is Preston Williams from Miami. This is a guy that we were pretty high on before the season. And he had a slow start really to the season. It was, you know, he's still working back from this ACL tear. He tore his ACL, I think, on November 5th of last year. So that's still, he's still under a year removed from this ACL tear. And so he's still working back from it to get to full health, get to full speed, get to explosive, like the explosiveness that that he used to have. So I think he's inching closer to what we saw early on in last season. And we saw that today, four catches, 106 yards and a touchdown against the Niners. It looks like him and Fitzpatrick are developing some really good chemistry. They, he, he's kind of actually like a Michael Gallup style. Like he can run on those outside routes. He, he scored on a go route of the sideline. I think, yeah, he's just getting closer and closer to being out there. Actually, after the game, he said, getting closer to that year mark with my knee, starting to get more comfortable, just getting my football feet back under me. So keep that in mind with his slow start that basically his knee is not 100%. Okay, so Chase Claypool first, and if you can't get him, Preston Williams two, and who's three? We have Henry Ruggs, who had a great week against the Chiefs this week. He's been hurt. He had kind of that one big play week one. People got excited, and then he got hurt. He had a hamstring issue, and I think a knee or an ankle or something. He's 48% rostered. He's he's tough because he's basically the opposite of what Derek Carr is. And, and it's it's like, who's going to bend first, Derek Carr or Henry Ruggs? And it seems to be Derek Carr right now. He's actually been playing pretty well this year and his deep balls have been all right. But Ruggs is just a big play guy, super fast. And I will say, I, I do think this game is a little bit of fool's gold. He, he only had two catches right. for 118 yards and he only had three targets. And I think that's what he's going to be for the rest of the season. I think things will tick up a little bit, but that's why I think DK and I have him below Claypool and Preston, even though he had the most yards or whatever, and he's like the most touted player. I just think he's going to be Deshaun Jacksony, and he's just going to lack consistency. DK, do you think the Raiders' offense is is real? Like they beat the Chiefs today? Do you think that's legit? I think it. I think they are a good offense. Actually, I think they have a very good offensive line, and that helps a lot. And they are growing together. You know, when when Waller, like the, the Patriots did a really good job of taking Waller away and they didn't really have an answer for that. But I think getting Ruggs back is going to be a really big thing for them. And then eventually they'll get Brian Edwards back. He'll start to work his way into this offense. I think they're a good offense. And it starts with their offensive line, you know, Josh Jacobs and all that. But it really, to me, I'm just still a little bit leery when you got Derek Carr at quarterback. I think it's just going to be some ups and downs. I think that's the bottom line. You know, they obviously are hearing, they're seeing the tweets. Like they're hearing what people are saying in terms of, and I, and when I say they, I mean, John Gruden and Derek Carr, because they, after the game, they came out and basically said like, (laughs) this was funny. Like pro football focus guys are going to have to, they said something about pro football focus. They said that the pro football focus guys will be scratching their heads because PFS has been telling the Raiders to throw it deep and stop doing what, stop running and stop, throwing it yeah. short and so they threw it yeah. deep and they're like take that even though well, I mean that's you know. been that's been the book on Derek Carr for a long time so 
I don't know, you know, why they're <laughs> seemingly offended by that, but yeah, it's it's. I think that's you're going to have that variance with Carr at quarterback, and you're going to have to deal with it. But I do think Ruggs has a pretty high ceiling, and if he starts getting more and more targets and getting more and more involved, we saw the speed at like at work. And I think he's also more than just a speed guy. I mean, we talked about this before the season. He's actually not a deep threat, classically speaking. He at at Alabama, he was used more on you know catch and run stuff, yak, like making guys miss in the open field and. I think they're going to continue to get him involved. So it wouldn't surprise me to see him have a explosion game down the, down the season where you're absolutely not going to be able to get him after that. So this is like a stash type player. Okay. So Chase Claypool first, Preston Williams second, Henry Ruggs third. What about, and no love for my guy, Travis Fulgham. He's fourth. You know what? If you need a guy to plug in this week, this com- next coming week, like Fulgham is fine. I think he's actually a pretty good option just because they're still so banged up, but eventually you're going to get Rager back. Eventually, you're going to get Goddard back, and they're going to get more healthy, and that might mean a lot less play for Fulgham. So he, to me, his shelf life is just small, like shorter. One more for Deeper League, who's a fifth receiver you'd add this week. Jeff Smith of the Jets, who came out of nowhere two weeks ago to have a seven-catch, 81-yard game. This next who's week, Jeff Smith? You don't know Jet Smith on the New York Jets? I think I know three Jeff Smiths. None of them are the guy in the Jets. I don't, I have, I actually admit. One was my history teacher, uh, <laughs> my barista. You don't Jeff know your Smith. barista's last name. Nobody knows the barista's last name. I don't even drink coffee, dude. This is a podcast. We just say whatever We've we We've never mentioned this. Is it now that we're doing a Sunday night podcast and you're going to have to do this like super late? Is now the time for you to explain that you think people who drink coffee are weak? Naturally <laughs> unmotivated people. <laughs> That's a lot of bit though. Like you actually don't drink coffee. I don't drink coffee. I don't think people are naturally motivated who drink it. I just don't. I just don't drink it. But you do a little bit. Think people are naturally motivated. Oh, do I a little bit believe in the take? Yeah, sure. Screw it. (laughs) Anyway, can we be done with Jeff Smith? Oh, yeah, fine. Jeff Smith is over. Okay. Chase Claypool, Preston Williams, Henry Ruggs, Travis Fulgham, Jeff Smith. Those are receivers. I got to add one thing about Smith. He had 11 targets, three catches, and 23 yards this week. So... The only reason he's on this list is because he's gotten 20 targets in the last two weeks. The Jets are terrible. I'm going to go the other way. If you need a defense this week, so the NFL just completely changed the calendar. I mean, I, I don't even know how to explain other than I, I literally. I it's can't, a lot. Basically, just to give you an idea of how thoroughly the NFL changed the calendar to accommodate the Broncos Patriots game. I believe the reasoning is simple that the Broncos practiced for the Patriots and got screwed. And so the Broncos are like, well, we're playing the Patriots because otherwise we're pissed. So just to give you an idea of how much changed in the schedule, the Dolphins week 10 game was moved to week six. The week six game was moved to week 11. The week 11 game was moved to week seven, which was their bye. And then the week seven game was moved to week 10. That happened for like four different teams. So the actual schedule has, if you thought you knew your buys and stuff is completely different. But all that's to say with Jeff Smith, the Dolphins are now playing the Jets this week coming in week six, the Big Dolphins matchup. were a top two defense this week against the Niners. And if you really need to stream a defense, cause like some stuff got changed around, you could do a lot worse than the Dolphins against the Jets this week. Brian Flores is a good defensive coach. They have good talent on that side of the ball, at least in the secondary and Joe Flacco, maybe he'll play. If not, Sam Darnold is not hundred percent. Like you could do a lot worse than the Dolphins against the Jets. If you need defense, so that's my defense for the week. That you'll forget to start on Vandal. Don't get me. Look, man. All right. You know what? Can't wait to slot him in. We won the million dollars. I don't know what you're complaining about. Okay. 
Any any other ads, uh, tight ends, DK? Any tight ends you'd add? Not really. I think one guy to have kind of on your radar is Trey Bird from the Colts. I'm Craig. I almost put Mo Alley Cox on the burn book. I'm not quite ready to get rid of him, but yeah. I believe he had no catches today. So yeah. that was super frustrating. Yeah, everyone's take on like what Colts tight end is going to be the guy is just slowly moving down the list. It was Doyle. That didn't happen. It was Mo Cox. That didn't happen. Now I guess Trey Burton's the guy. He had five catches this week. I think he led tight ends and catches in catches and yards last week. I'm just Homer Simpson sliding into the bush in that meme. <laughs> Mo Cox and Doyle this week had collectively three targets and zero catches. God damn it. So the, the one thing I will say about Trey Burton is... He got a ton of hype in training camp. I know training camp was really bizarre and short and weird this year, but there was whispers coming out of Colts camp that he was like the star of training camp. So that's one thing I will say. I don't know. I'm not necessarily going to go out and run out and get him and, and stick him into my lineup, but he is someone to keep in mind. All right. Burton buzz. Uh, and then since we just went through the waivers, it's time to talk about people you can drop because it's just time. Uh, it's just, it's just, it's just there. Uh, DK, there are guys that jump out as you, dude. You can cut. I didn't make this list, Danny. You did, but since I had, I made this list, but it's all oh, right. Craig. Craig made this list since I, I was the one who uh, brought up and and I mispronounced his name last time, and we had someone tell us how to do it. I'm gonna try and remember how what he said, but I think it was Olamide Zacchaeus or Zacchaeus. I think it was Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. Okay, Olamide Zacchaeus of the Falcons, who I. You guys basically goaded me into predicting would have more points than Calvin Ridley. He had one <laughs> catch, and that was with Julio Jones out. So at this point, in, in redraft particularly, you, you don't need to hang on to him. <laughs> I don't think at this point. You know that their offense too has just been—it hasn't looked good the last couple of weeks. It's really out of out of sorts. Maybe this coaching change will like help things go in a different. Yeah, direction. maybe not. But more more interesting person I wanted to hit Curtis Samuel, someone that we thought could have some upset in Panthers offense. Turns out Robbie Anderson is the guy with the upside. Can you just cut Curtis Samuel? I think he's sitting there wasting a spot on your bench. Probably. Jarek McKinnon cut bait. Raheem Mostert's back. Yeah. M- McKinnon had like one touch today. I think it's close. I, I, if you're thinking about, if you're excited about a guy to add in waivers, I think it's fine to cut McKinnon. Tevin, with the second Tevin Coleman gets back, it's going to get even murkier. It's crazy how, much better Mostert looks than all the other running backs on that roster. It's really true. Mostert looks impressive. He looks really good. He he came out and this was, you know, he practiced limited all week. Like he wasn't necessarily full go all week. He came out and he just looks like he shot out a cannon compared to these other guys. He's so fast. The last guy I wanted to to recommend or at least have a conversation about dropping is JK Dobbins. I saw this crazy stat yeah. today. Mark Ingram's 11 carries today for the Ravens was the most by any Ravens running back this season. 11 carries. They they split the ball up like crazy. Yeah. And, and this week it was Mark Ingram. Gus Edwards is officially a part of this trio. And then J.K. Dobbins played the least amount of snaps out of those three. He had one carry. One freaking carry. Ian Harditz on Twitter said he's basically just Justin Hill or Justice Hill from last year. So I I know that because he's a rookie, we all kind of assume that he's got this tantalizing upside. But if you got, I mean... Well, I hate rookies, but... Would you drop J.K. Dobbins for Chase Edmonds or Alexander Madison? Mm, I wouldn't, but I'm I'm stubborn. <laughs> that was the most honest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> he's one of those guys that so I, was, I was just so excited about before the year, and it's you're letting that bias absolutely dictate your decisions. So 
But if you're being, but that, hey, transparency is the new objectivity. So there you go. The reason I'm hanging on to him, and this is, you know, this doesn't necessarily mean anything because coaches never, you can't assume like logical coaching decisions, but every time he freaking touches the ball, he looks amazing. Like he has, he has that one least big, uh, one big play at least per game. Uh, I think his carrier, maybe it was one of his catches this today. He broke like three tackles and tiptoed along the sideline and stayed up. It's like, I don't understand why they don't give him the ball more. Um, I had somebody say this to me like a week or two back and it kind of blew my mind and also made me really depressed. And he, he was like, the Ravens coaches, Harbaugh in particular, just have a weird thing with their, with their running backs. Like, do you remember Buck Johnson? Yeah. And how, how much they'd use him and stuff. No, and Buck just, Allen, right? Sorry. Yeah. Not <laughs> Javorius Allen. Wasn't that his name? Buck, Buck Allen. Yeah. Right. And it's, uh, and that made me worried. I'm like, crap. Like they're probably just going to continue this all year, but I'm, I'm hanging on. I'm never going to drop JK. Never. Well, JK, you should probably but drop maybe you Dobbins. Should. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Okay. I think that's all we got. I have one more question though. Because yeah. I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do with my share of the million dollars that we won. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, do you guys actually know how to buy a Bugatti? Because it's it's harder than I thought. There's no dealerships. What? There's no Bugatti I don't know dealership? how to buy. How do you actually buy a Bugatti? I don't, because I'm, I'm trying to figure this out. It's harder I'm gonna than I Google thought. I'm going to Google the poorest thing. I'm going to Google how to buy a Bugatti. <laughs> it's harder than I thought, because I've just been Googling all the stuff. of like, what am I going to do with my my money? And I'm like, oh, like it's, I just thought it could it'd be easy. What kind of dickheads are we? Googling how to launder money. It says the average Bugatti costs $1.7 to $3 million. So I don't, what? sorry to tell you, I don't think you could buy a Bugatti. So I'm just getting like a Mercedes? You could lease one. I can lease a Bugatti. <laughs> oh my god! What's Have you guys Kanye seen line? DK? I don't know if you're you're a tick. I don't know if you're a TikToker, but there's this there's this. Guy. <laughs> I know, I know. DK is yes, not a Craig, TikToker. Yes, I can do. answer that. <laughs> there's this guy, this kid who goes around LA and he just stops people in like really nice cars and just says like, <laughs> yes. "Hey, what do you do for a living?" Like while they're just like at a red light, he just goes, "Hey, what do you do for a living?" And they're like, "You know, I'm in investment banking." Yeah, and I'd love for ten years from now, Heifetz is in his Bugatti. <laughs> and some guy knocks on his window and he goes, hey, what do you do for a living? He goes, I play daily fantasy. <laughs> Same game parlays on FanDuel, baby. You ever heard of Olamide Zacchaeus? Won me this car. <laughs> it's Olamide. Olamide Zacchaeus? <laughs> Considering Heifetz is thinking about buying a Bugatti right now, he's not going to have this money 10 years from now. That's true. <laughs> That's Who knows point. where Heifetz is going to be 10 years from now. Hopefully <laughs> oh watching movies. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll still have not see Wedding Crashers. Okay, all right. I think that's all we got. I mean, I hope so. I mean, I imagine Craig cut that entire conversation, but if not, then I hope you enjoyed. Nope. nope. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, DK. Thank you in advance to Fandle for the million dollars. That was really kind. Uh, and you know what? Just congratulations to JR Smith because you're the man. Congrats, JR. <laughs> you did it, bud. All right. Thank you. We'll see you guys on Wednesday. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere.
Get tickets now.